How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoley. Shoots, he scores! Yeah, this is it. This is what we do. Battling through it and finding a way. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. So we clearly took last week off from recording this podcast because, well, the Kings also took last week off. Um, but now they're back. We're back. Some things have been happening. Um, not all great news on the ice for the Kings. They're on a four-game losing streak, which sucks. <laughs> but it especially sucks because it's happening at the same time that um, the Sharks are playing pretty well and that the Calgary Flames are on a seven-game winning streak. So the Kings have dropped all the way down to fourth in the Pacific division which makes me a little bit sad i don't know about you diane oh it makes me super sad like i was fine with complaining about the just like the vegas golden knights being like breakout stars i'm like all right i get it but to then be below everyone else and to once again have oh that sharks kings game that happened recently just looked like uh something from the kings of old when yeah uh, they were just struggling all the time. So that was really depressing to see. Um, and nothing like a Kings-Ducks game where three fights break out within, like, the first, I don't know, five minutes of the game. Sounds about yeah, right. what nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> Why? So all of it's a real bummer, and I think we all could have used, we all needed that bye week. It's really, it's, it definitely did feel, like you said, um, reminiscent of the last few years, because even in the couple of years where they missed the playoffs, a contributing factor to that was like them not being able to win against divisional rivals. And so now it's like, all right, you had games recently where it's like, can, I don't know, maybe beat some of these people who are in your division? I don't know. Can you do it? I guess apparently not. But the bright side is that all the standings for the Pacific Division are still pretty close. So even though they're on a little bit of a losing streak now, this could easily turn around uh, pretty quickly. So hopefully that happens. It's just, it sucks when you're in this place where it's like, I don't know where this ends, dog. <laughs> when, yeah. when do you stop losing? Yeah, it, yeah, it's especially sad that it's against uh, division rivals. But I'm also looking at how the last four games that they lost, uh, their opponent scored four goals. So that's yeah. the magic number of what to not let your opponents hit. Right. <laughs> if you could just allow... I mean, in general, goals. that is usually probably true. But in this particular instance, I think it's some sort of devil number currently. The last couple games especially, it's they haven't scored until really late, which is also reminiscent of <laughs> years past. Um, and then when they finally do score, it's not enough. And so they can't continue this way. I guess the positive thing is that they seem to also realize this. So there have now been some a little bit of shakeups in the, in the roster. I mean, nothing major, but they're clearly looking to try some new things. So they have called up uh, Mike Amadio, who is the points leader for the Ontario Reign this season. He has 34 points, I believe, in... 30 games played, 11 goals, 23 assists. Um, and then Paul Ledoux also has been called up, who is the points leader among defensemen on the reign. He has 17 points in 34 games. Um, this was like in the last day or so that they called them up. But previously, like a few days ago, they also called up Brodzinski again. Um, Kevin Gravel is coming back. And um, they sent down McDermott, who had kind of a rough streak. So I think it's time for him to go just take some time and figure it out. <laughs> um, and they've also sent down Oscar Fantenberg. So they've made some moves. Um, who knows how long any of this stuff will last. But they're clearly trying to tinker with things and see if they can get people going again. Yeah, even if it's a temporary thing, uh, just to get some new life and energy uh, into the Kings, that's fine, as long as they stop playing the way that they do. Um, and it's kind of like a good opportunity for both Amadio and uh, Ledoux to just get some more games under their belts. Maybe um, they'll take advantage of this and do something neat. 
Uh, right. But I'm also like McDiarmid. He hasn't been doing great, so I'm kind of like, yeah, you can rest. Take take time away from for a little bit. Stop fighting people, and <laughs> yeah, we'll start figure this out thing. how to make a different kind of impact. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm totally fine with them shaking things up. Like you know, we had gotten used to them sort of having a rotating cast of guys coming from the AHL. So then they stopped because the Kings were playing, or I wouldn't even say playing super consistently, but winning more consistently. So they didn't want to tinker with it too much. But now that that has changed, it is time to kind of move around some pieces. And that's totally fine. That's what you should be doing when you're not um, entirely sure if you've got the absolute right lineup. And they have, you know, a back-to-back coming up next, which is going to be a challenge. So it's time to figure some stuff out because the Kings need some wins unless if, you know, right now they're in like the second wild card spot. So you don't want to fall out. <laughs> um, so they're trying to figure it out. And that is very good. It's also nice that the Kings have this option. I feel like for the longest time, no matter what players the Kings had, you were saddled with them because there just weren't enough people at sort of the NHL level that they could call up and really count on. I mean, especially since they were doing poorly and they didn't want to, you know, risk too much. And now, I mean, you know, they've dropped to the fourth, but they're still not doing terrible. Like you said, the the points are pretty close within the division. Uh, but it's just nice to see that they have a lot of options, a lot of talent that they've raised and can now kind of like shuffle back and forth when before – if, you know, Jordan Nolan, Nolan was having, like, a bad streak, well, too bad. You were stuck with him forever, and there was nothing <laughs> you could do about it. It also, I mean, you know, you just have the coaching staff, or specifically the head coach, um, who was less willing to move guys around like that. Um, like, I always wondered if maybe Dean Lombardi had wanted to make some more smaller moves and bring guys up and down, but Daryl Sutter never seemed interested. Daryl Sutter was like, I'm going to play Dwight King as much as possible all the time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, like, even if they were up on the team, they necessarily weren't going to play the minutes. Like, how many times was Tyler Toffoli uh, just, like, sitting on the bench for, like, the entirety of the game, Sands maybe, like, two minutes? You know, right, so like yeah. even if they were up there, they were for whatever reason in uh, Daryl Sutter's doghouse and wouldn't get to play. So now I feel like there's more of an opportunity and sort of like a willingness to set those guys out there to do what they can. Um, so that's that's nice and, and very interesting to see. It's kind of like a new way of the a new way of the Kings. That's, I think, a lot more fun. Yeah. And I hope they figure it out because um, the bleeding shots thing has still been kind of a challenge for them. So. They kind of have to figure that out long term, especially if they do make the playoffs and obviously hope to make a deep run. Like you can't keep allowing four goals a game, um, especially because you can't always, you know, make that up and come back or, or anything like that. So I hope they work with this stuff and then get some answers. Um, I think it's but yeah, like it's absolutely the right thing to do to not be completely wedded to a set roster if you're still not sure exactly what the winning formula is. Um, so I like seeing them have other guys come up, especially if guys like Amadio is playing really well right now. He deserves the opportunity. So, yeah, that's good. Like, even though it happens because obviously the Kings are experiencing some kind of turmoil <laughs> here on ice, um, ultimately it could lead to really good things. And, I, it, and so I'm at least excited for that to see how they experiment, what works, what changes, all that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, so it's nice to see new guys, but I'm also interested in maybe seeing one of our old favorite faces. Heck um, yeah! <laughs> our good old friend Jeff Carter is skating again. Oh, oh. so, so happy about it. <laughs> I feel like we so were good. all just, like, collective parents, just sort of, like, you know, letting, like, waiting for baby's first steps or something like that. Like, not <laughs> yeah. looking too closely, you know, no pressure or whatever. Just do it when you feel like you can. Um, and then finally when they do, it's like, oh, sigh of relief. I'm so happy. Yeah. Um, and so, it, like, obviously we also have to be really patient because he's not immediately jumping back into practices or anything. Yeah, so. he was doing laps, so I'm not expecting him to, like, come out and, you know, uh, tear up the ice or anything like that, but just just that he's alive and on skates mm-hmm. is yeah really promising. He's around. He went to the little their um, CHL CHLA visit, so clearly he's moving. He's back to normal in that way. So the next step is can he skate and then can he play? Uh, he 
I think it's only like his second day or something on the ice yeah. today, Wednesday. So very early in that <laughs> process, but exciting, especially because like we had talked about that little tidbit that Alex Faust kind of threw out where they were hoping to get him back. I think it was the end of February. So maybe that can still happen. We will see because now it's mid-January and he's starting to skate again. So who knows where he'll be in a month. Um, it could We could see the return of Jeff Carter as we anticipated, Hope you know, assuming everything goes right. And I hope it does because, geez, do I miss Jeff Carter. I really Ugh. do too. Like, even if he was in a slump or something like that, I just miss seeing him on the ice. I like the way he skates. He's always got a good hustle. Um, so it'll be nice to see that. But, like, yeah, I'm also kind of worried, right? Um, he might not come back until the end of February is, like, the, a very generous timeline, I'm assuming. And even then, we do not know what, if anything, he's going to produce. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, we're talking about it like it's Jeff Carter and he can slot in and everything will be fine, which very well could be the case. Because, like, that kind of happened with Marion Gabrick, where I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, all of these young guys have been playing. They seem to be very confident with each other. And then Marion Gabrick comes in, what's going to happen? And it's overall been kind of fine. Uh, like, it wasn't a big deal. But who knows if that's what's going to happen to Jeff Carter, because I'm kind of sitting here assuming that he'll step on the ice and everything will fall into place around him. (laughs) But who knows? But I mean, even the thing about it, though, is like even if he needs to sort of take it easy and the Kings, for some reason, I don't think this will actually happen, but even if for some reason they're like, okay, let's give him kind of an easier assignment. Let's put him on the third line. Like having Jeff Carter on the Kings third line (laughs) is still such a boon for the Kings. That's true. That's true. But I (laughs) am so excited either way, even if it takes some shuffling around at first. And I think ultimately, like, it'll be great because having another veteran player who they rely on and who they're at least a little bit familiar with because he did play some games at the beginning of the season um, is motivating maybe for those young guys too. Like they've obviously gotten really close to Kopitar and they've, you know, gotten support from Brown and guys like that. And it's not like Jeff Carter has like been completely absent, so they know him. (laughs) But um, having that on ice presence too, I think will just add, you know, a a little bit of competition among the younger guys too. Um, but also, you know, a little bit more motivation to seeing the guys come back, someone like Jeff come back from injury and try to immediately produce, which I'm sure he will at least try to do. Who knows what his luck will be like, et cetera. Uh, so, yeah, I think either way, even if it's a little rocky to start, it will still be really great in general, um, even even if he doesn't produce, like, goals and stuff immediately. Although I hope he does because he's Jeff Carter and he's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, I mean, Jeff Carter at 50% is exceedingly wonderful and (laughs) is going to produce a lot of things. And you're right, whether or not it's goals, like his veteran status, especially with some of these young guys, he can at least help set up plays or kind of settle down. um, Like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like the younger guys get a little bit jumpy and kind of sloppy when it comes to how they're playing. You know, everything's all over the place. Maybe things are kind of spiraling out of control and a little out of hand for them a bit. And I feel like Jeff Carter would be able to kind of like hold the puck, settle them down. All right, let's reset and try again. Uh, So even that in like in that respect, uh, just having another kind of like successful veteran old guy to kind of wrangle in all the pups uh, is also going to be good for the Kings. Yeah, I think what I'm most interested in, I mean, not that they haven't moved him around uh, a little bit already, but is what they do with Adrian Kempe with Jeff Carter back in the lineup. Because, I mean, it was a little bit of an easier decision earlier in the year because it was like obviously Jeff Carter is the second line center and Adrian Kempe is new, so (laughs) he'll be on the third line. He's not Um, Jeff Carter, so. Right, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, he's still not Jeff Carter. It's not like he's, you know, proven himself enough to completely take away that spot, but. Um, it does kind of raise this question of like, where do you want to put him? Do you want to try to move him to wing again and see if you can get some more firepower in the top six? Or do you want to leave him at center and then put him back on the third line? Because even that still would be really great for the Kings. My only worry is that when you do, when you do that for either player really is like, then, you know, they're playing center, they rely on the wingers and the depth wingers aren't always consistent. (laughs) Sometimes they just straight up don't score. Um, (laughs) So is that then, like, the best place for somebody like Kempe? And not even because of his own production, but just 
are the line mates right for him? I don't know. It just yeah. it raises some interesting questions about, I think, placement for him in particular. Probably just because it seems like that would be more long-term. Because, like, right now, yeah. everything is like, well, you've got a pretty large piece missing um, that could really shift around the lines and what to get comfortable with. And mm-hmm. once Jeff Carter gets back in, you can really see what kind of, like, a more permanent, long-term version of the Kings might look like with everyone slotted into place. Yeah, exactly. What I would love is, um, like, you have Amadio up and you have Brodzinski up. Like, if those guys start to score and become a little more confident and consistent, too, then, I mean, sorry to guys who are already Kings depth players who don't produce as much, but maybe it's time for you to go. <laughs> I That's what I would like, <laughs> is just for somebody to really take the reins there and um, take the opportunity and produce a lot and prove that they can score more than than uh, the depth players have in the past few years. Because um, it's been kind of thin, just a little bit. Yeah, it's so, been yeah. like a miracle every time one of them has scored in the past. And I'd like to yeah. expect goals more often, or at least yeah. decent plays. With the exception of our guy, Trevor Lewis, who continues to try to go above and beyond his... Man, every time I'm just like you're doing your best like there was a time when he had oh he was like in place for a play but he didn't have a stick and I was like okay that sounds about right good posi- yeah. good positioning lacking in equipment <laughs> better luck next he time he was the only one to score in the game the other day so that's true, that's true. He's, he's given us his all and I appreciate Trevor Lewis so much for and that goal by goal he's moving up to our eventual goal of 20 goals a season. So. Let's go, Trevor. <laughs> we can do it. You can do it. We believe in you. They did lose, speaking of depth, um, a player. They lost Yusei Jokinen, who they were trying to send down, you know, put him on waivers. He got claimed by Columbus. It is at that time of year, like I mentioned either last podcast or the podcast before about like how injuries were starting to pile up and maybe we'd see some trades. But actually what we have seen so far is like this flurry of people being claimed off waivers. Um, so the Kings have lost a man to the Columbus Blue Jacket. Yeah, it's so funny because, uh, I don't know, sometimes it just seems very um, – like, just something that you have to do. Uh, all right, they get put on waivers, and then they clear waivers. It's, like, perfunctory. Like, that's just part and parcel with what happens. Like, I never actually expect anyone to be claimed off of them. Yeah. Um, or at least frequently. At least not this frequently. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it just seems like a pretty standard, like, oh, they were placed on waivers, and they cleared it, and we're moving on. It's just something that I had to report. Uh, right. But now people are getting picked up off waivers, and it's like, oh, wait. I guess we're making moves now. I guess we're – everyone seems very in it to, to win it, more keenly than maybe in seasons past, and I don't know why. It was interesting because I felt like at first – because who was it that went through waivers? I think it was, like, uh, Cody Franzen and maybe another defenseman who went through waivers and they cleared fines. I was like, all right, maybe, you know, people don't really care about bigger names on waivers, whatever. all right. But then all these forwards just cannot seem to stay in one city. So um, apparently the hot commodity forwards for the NHL right now, and they will take anybody they can get because there are a lot of injuries. Like the Blue Jackets, I think, took uh, Jokinen because they put Sonny Milano or Milano, I don't know how he pronounces it, but on um, IR. So they have a spot open. Um, so yeah, forwards right now seem to be the thing that people just cannot keep <laughs> or have enough of. Um, and so the Kings lost out there, which will also make things kind of interesting for them. Yeah, but um, I mean, good for Juicy uh, huh. Yoganen has been on so many teams. Yeah, he's been everywhere. <laughs> He has been everywhere. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I, I guess that's just his checklist. Like, let's try to play on every team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as long as you can keep a job, <laughs> that's great. You know, fair enough. That's true. At least that's kind of like a nice thing, though, right? You know, you're like, hey, someone claimed me off waivers. I guess I must be pretty all right. Yeah. Because that's the, the other thing. It's like you could be sent down to the AHL, which is a bummer. But it's like you got claimed which is hectic because now you have to move really fast but at least you're still in the nhl which is where you want to be yeah and someone like believes in you and thinks you can uh make some sort of good impact on their team and it's like all right that's pretty nice right yeah Um, all right so i changed my mind good for you good for you (laughs) it's 
great for him. Although this is not related to the Kings, but related to being claimed off waivers. I personally still very salty about the Anaheim Ducks claiming JT Brown, even though I'm glad that he still gets to play on an NHL team. Very happy for that. But why the Ducks? <laughs> not the team, the team you were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is this happening to me personally? <laughs> very upset about it. Just needed to let that be known. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, that's always the case. Like, well, that's how it felt with Martin Jones, except yeah. that was that was like a prolonged one. That was a tricky one uh, because it's like, oh, Boston, ah, it's not the best. But, you know, that's fine. East Coast, I'll root for you over there. Wait, right. the Sharks? Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? I'm pissed. And I'm I still am personally every time offended. the Kings play the Sharks. So mad. So mad every time. <laughs> uh. Oh, I hate it. Um, yeah, so some of the waiver claims not working out for uh, my emotional needs. <laughs> but overall, I'm glad that these guys still have NHL jobs. So that is good, at least. And now the Kings have to figure out what to do without Yusei Jokinen. So questions for them. A little, It's going to be an interesting time for the Kings the next few games or they could just start winning again and it will just be cool, a cool time with less questions um which yeah, would see, be I nice like, yeah i like that one that one's a cool one option a option a <laughs> um despite all of this and this like mini slump that they're going through the all-star game rosters have been announced and the kings three players have made it uh part of their core andre kopitar jonathan quick and drew dowdy all going to the All-Star game. That's pretty standard. Yeah, and all, but also really cool in particular for Kopitar and Quick, who both, I mean, Kopitar just has a, ba- a bounce-back season. Quick has a healthy season. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of good that, like, after they both had their own separate struggles last season, they are playing really well and being recognized for it. Like, that's dope. That is true. I usually like the All-Star game, and even though I don't, I don't know, it's kind of, I know it's like a meaningless thing, but it's kind of fun. And I feel happy for everyone to be called an all-star. Yeah, me too. I also just like seeing people you either never or rarely see together. Yes, that's um, my favorite part because you yeah, forget like, get oh, the they like, yeah. Or like, oh, they like live next to each other during the off season or like they played in the minors together or, you know. So just whatever weird connections they have um, or like, oh, you forgot that they played on like the Tampa Bay Lightning for half a season together or something stupid. Um, and they all meet up and they're all silly and they're joking around and it's good times. But I think it's also like we like seeing people have fun and yeah, totally. people have per- like people having personalities and during the regular season. Not always the case. Very right. boring <laughs> a lot of the times. Uh, tell me more about grit and just needing to, you know, put your nose to the grindstone, grindstone and like push hard to the net, blah, 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 whatever. Um, I like the all-star because it's fun and people say stupid things and you learn silly facts. And I am here for uh, all of that cool personal information. <laughs> yeah, I really get to watch the actual all-star game because I'm usually working during it, at least the last few years. Uh, but I do try to watch like the skills competition beforehand, and yeah. obviously I pay attention to stuff that goes on on social media. Um, so yeah, I just like watching the interactions. I think more than anything personally. Um, and then some of the skill stuff is fun because it's kind of goofy, and you know it's fun to see who is really good at and good at it, and who fails really hard <laughs> very suddenly. And then who gets um, really salty about it? You're like, dude, you're still making millions of playing the NHL. You also are like leading in goals on your team. I'm sorry, you. Can't and hit like a target, a, yeah, a target <laughs> yeah. from whatever mile away with like someone standing in front of you or whatever it is. It's like, it's all right. It's just a kid. <laughs> You'll be okay. Yeah. I love looking at that stuff. Um, even I was thinking about the last time that Jonathan Quick went, which was I think the 2012 season. Um, and like him and Heinrich Lundqvist were interacting and it was like, I think it was back still when people use things like flip cams, which like, I don't, do they even exist anymore? (laughs) (laughs) And so there's, I think somewhere still on YouTube, this really cute video where like Lundquist decides to sort of interview him or some, or no, he's like sort of interviewing Lundquist. I don't know. But it's like interesting to see stuff like that. And then think, oh, right. Then in a couple years, they kind of had to face off in the Stanley Cup final. Um, But they were really cute together at one point. So it's Do you think they ever think about that? Like, 
just as they're looking at each other from across the ice, like, oh, remember that cute time we, like, <laughs> right, punched yeah. shoulders and My interviewed buddy. each other? <laughs> yeah. Remember those fun um, inside jokes we had? And now I hate you. I wonder. I mean, there are, I think it was either, I think it was two years ago that, like, or no, maybe it was at Vegas. I don't know. But that's another one, actually, is the when they go to Vegas during the summer. And you have, like, random oh, people, yeah. like... Uh, like I remember, like Dylan Larkin and Aaron Eckblad at one of those. I don't remember if it was Vegas or an All Star game that they went to, um, where they were randomly hanging out. And it's like, when do you ever see those two people interact? Why would they ever need to? <laughs> um, stuff like that. Uh, what's the dude on the Sabers who I can't think of? Who's like missing? Matt teeth? Molson? Mi- no, no, not Matt Molson. Oh, missing there. teeth? Wait, what? yeah, he's got a beard. He's like one of their top players, or I don't know if he is this season, but he was. What is his name? It, it it won't come to me. But he was hanging out with Retta at the in Vegas, and then they hung out again, um, either in Vegas the next year or at the All Star oh Game. Oh my in gosh! LA. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. think of his name, but that guy. <laughs> so it's like he, and then he was also hanging out with like Dylan Larkin and Aaron Eckblad and one of their thing. I don't know. Stuff like that happens all the time at these things, and it's like, all right, cool. Ryan <laughs> O'Reilly. Come look. Yes, that, that's oh his name. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, you're um, like, how are they friends? Why are they tweeting back? Like, whenever that happens, I always have to check everyone's Twitter handle. I'm like, is this the right one? Or is it, like, right, right. someone being it, tricky? I'm this? like, oh, no, no, they're friends. How? When did this happen? I will say that one way, I mean, it's less common if it's, like, an American player and, like, a Canadian or whatever, like, if they're different nationalities. But what I forget sometimes is that, like, players who are from the same country and they're not necessarily like all-stars or maybe even when they were younger like guys play at world championships and they're friends from that but maybe have never really had any other reason to interact except if they randomly end up in an event like this um so that's really cool (laughs) and i love having to kind of retrace those steps because human interaction is fun to me So, looking forward to that aspect of the All-Star Game and the King's involvement. I am personally wounded that Leon Dreisaitl was not put on the roster because I so enjoyed his hero worship of Andre Kobitar, and really everybody's hero worship of Kobitar, so uh, sad that they denied me part two of that. Yeah, see, that's also the fun thing of, like, because you have to talk about your fellow teammates, and those interviews are always gems and good for quotes. Yeah. Um, so excited for stuff to come out about like from players talking about each other and those things. I think it'll be fun in that way. I have no, I have no idea what the game will be like. I mean, there's no Olympics, so maybe guys will not care more, but <laughs> it's not like they have to save their energy for anything. So maybe they'll really put some effort into it. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I forgot that there's like cap or that PK and um, Steven Stamkos are both captains of their yeah, and they're team. like childhood friends and they're like so friends. That's why I'm like, that's yeah, great. that's gonna be fun ribbing and good times. Um, I want it. And then Ovechkin, which you know, mm-hmm. always, always hilarious. Won. And and then Connor McDavid, which that would be I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I'm kind of like, well, we'll see how it goes. I keep waiting for the year where. Connor McDavid and Dylan Larkin make it at the same time so they can go head-to-head in the fastest skater competition (laughs) because of the, like, random drama about uh, Larkin having a running start and McDavid not. And people are like, they got to, you know, McDavid's really the fastest skater. And I think Dylan Larkin challenged him. Well, not challenged him, but was, like, head-to-head one day on Twitter. So it's got to happen, but no, the NHL denied us. They should let me pick the all-star rosters because I would pick it based on the most drama or the cutest friends, which is really what matters. I think that's like a ratings draw, right? Like, that's (laughs) good times. (laughs) Cutest friends. Oh, my gosh. That's – they really need to vote on weird superlatives at the all-star game. Just like like Sidney Crosby, who do you think are the cutest friends? (laughs) who gets your vote (laughs) who gets your vote for cutest friends (laughs) that's what i actually need out of the all-star actually i want someone to ask pk Subi on that because i think he would actually take it seriously and maybe give it a little bit of thought and he's like very gregarious so i feel like he's had some sort of interaction with a lot of players and so he kind of gets you know Mm-hmm. vibes off of them. He's like, well, you know what? I have opinions. Let me tell you what <laughs> right. the cutest friends are. You're the cutest. 
That's what I need. That's what I want out of the All-Star game. I don't need people to even take the game that seriously. I just want people to have fun, be charming, all that good stuff. Oh, now I'm just staring at the roster being like, what's all of everyone's like degrees of separation from each other? <laughs> right. Who's got what the cutest moments? <laughs> yeah. The cute predictions like, for the All-Star cute predictions. <laughs> like within teams and then like cute, cute enemies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cute all-star enemies. Like, who are they battling? Um, uh, that's clearly what our beat is, the all-star game cute forecast. <laughs> Here's what you can expect. So this, is, so this is like when, uh, like, the Super Bowl is happening, and, like, during halftime, there's also, like, the puppy bowl and the kitty halftime. is like just us simultaneously doing the cute all-star game. <laughs> <laughs> Cute friends, <laughs> cute enemies, cute hair, cute smiles. I don't know. Uh, Fun times. That's what I live for. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> um, clearly, we should just be picking out those moments whenever. I don't even remember, actually, when All-Star Weekend is. It's the end of January, something like that. Yes. Um, yes. So we'll pay attention to those things. Uh, yeah, I'll write it all in my Hello Kitty notebook. <laughs> I'll take notes. Um, speaking of cute things actually well first let's just mention so i don't forget it because it's important but i don't really have a ton to say about it is bob miller all stars yeah yeah speaking of all stars bob miller his statue was unveiled he got a banner raised at staple center uh, which is just really awesome they put a statue i believe next to chickern right so two legends big deal um and it's just really cool for some reason even though i knew what date this was supposed to be happening i'm it just still feels like everything just happened so fast i'm like he just left uh but yes he's got a statue he's been honored which is all really great yeah it's really nice like i'm obviously everyone's bummed not to hear him but he seems to be enjoying his retirement even though he said uh that he's still gone to, like, a few games and obviously keeps track of everything. Yeah. But he's, like, very happy to not have to do the work. <laughs> and just, right, right. Like, I can just pop relax. in and say hello. <laughs> um, I think he said somewhere that he's like, oh, it's nice to be able to, you know, watch games while sitting at home and getting to th- say things that I wouldn't get to say on air. And I'm like, ooh, Bob Miller, nicest right. man alive. What <laughs> what things would you not say on air that you really want to say when watching it uh, by yourself? So now I'm very interested in his unofficial broadcast. <laughs> right. Like well, after years. Like, Bob Miller's like uncensored podcast can we get that going i would like to know so kind and i'm like well after years of watching and reporting it's like obviously you've gotten to know them and know things about them um what things are you hiding what do you really want to say uh when you see someone make a play or do a thing uh what have you um i think that would actually be really delightful yeah or even just even if it's not even about things he notices about Kings players, like some of their interactions with opponents that they see frequently. That's true. Yeah. Um, something that I was thinking about recently because they played each other um, a few weeks ago was Dave Perron and Jonathan Quick and their years-long rivalry, which isn't a major rivalry. Like, I don't think anything particularly egregious has happened in the playoffs or anything that would make people be like, oh, yeah, those two people hate each other. But as someone who watches a bunch of Kings games and thus has watched David Perron on every team he's been on and then faced the Kings in the last few years, they hate each other. And it's pretty funny, but also pretty interesting. Uh, So I would wonder what other observations like of that, like kind of small, but noticeable to fans who watch all the time. Um, would Bob have comments on? Yeah, that is funny how that feels like it came out of seemingly nowhere. <laughs> yeah. They just do not like each other. Or I feel like... I guess it's just them having to, like, play each other a bunch in the playoffs, like, a little while ago. Maybe it was just, like, yeah. amplified then. And it's like, well, this is going to last forever. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it just kind of has built up over time. It wasn't, like, an immediately explosive thing. But whatever game that Dave Perron had the game winner, I don't remember if it was OT or the shootout. I think it was OT, right? Um, afterwards, he was asked like about scoring on Jonathan Quick, and he he was delighted. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, he's my favorite goaltender to score on, um, which is amazing considering that shouldn't make any sense. But... <laughs> They get really invested in making life really difficult for each other. Which is fine. Everyone needs some uh, enemies and foes. 
Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I quite enjoy it. It's fun. Once again, fun things and cute things. We're into it. <laughs> yeah. But it, but again, like it makes me interested in like if we notice that kind of stuff and obviously we are free to talk about our opinions about it, whether we think it's funny or ridiculous or whatever. I would love to know what someone like Bob Miller thinks when he ha- doesn't have to also still be professional, <laughs> um, which isn't to say that it would immediately be like hateful or anything like that. But what what is what is the real thought that isn't sort of you know packaged so it's still palatable on tv yeah yeah (laughs) appeals to all audiences real talk with bob miller is what we're looking for here okay on to another cute thing because i can never get enough of sappy nonsense i something that i love that from anybody and it's not like it's ever very different from player to player but i like when players talk about their siblings who also play um and clearly revere them and have a lot of love for them i mean i just love close family members and so anytime someone is like talk about your brother talk about your sister i'm like please give me all of this (laughs) sappiness so two things first actually is alex there was a piece about alex i follow and his sister because they both play hockey She's in her senior year at a school in Ohio, the name of, I am forgetting, Ohio State, maybe. And obviously he's playing with the Kings now, and he was one undrafted, so it's kind of a, you know, really inspiring story for him to make his way to, you know, being undrafted and now playing with Andre Kopitar regularly. Um, so there was just a piece about that and how they don't really have a rivalry because they're close, but... They do friendly competition where if one is doing well, the other also wants to do well and they check in all the time and they're really close to their parents. Loved that. Um, But also, Deborah Liu wrote this piece for NHL.com about Adrian Kempe. And a significant part of the first half of it was talking about, you know, he initially was not that interested in hockey. Like his dad played it and his brother played it. And they wanted to get him into it just naturally. But for the first couple of years, he was kind of like, whatever. <laughs> um, but then he hung out with his brother more, obviously watched his brother all the time and really idolized him and played because he started to like the game more, but also because he just looked up to his big brother so much, which is adorable. Um, and so he has this quote when he was asked about who he looks up to in hockey. And I assume the question, I don't, the phrasing is not in the piece, but I assume it was kind of like, who is your hockey idol thinking some other NHL player who is legendary, especially like he's Swedish. So there are plenty of people to choose from. Um, But he says, quote, I always tried to learn from him and be like him, his brother Mario. Um, He was probably my biggest art idol. Obviously you try to look at the NHL players like Forsberg and those guys, but I think my brother was my idol and my favorite player growing up. I always wanted to play like him. And he also says that he calls him or talks to him almost every day, which I think it's just very sweet. That's so <laughs> yeah. sweet. That's so sweet. Yeah. It's super cute. So I really like that, especially because uh, I, I think it's kind of funny that he's developing sort of a re- reputation on the team for having sort of expensive taste and being really confident. Like there was ask, like when asked things like who has the best hair on the team, he's like, is it okay to save me? <laughs> so Adrian Kempe, not lacking for confidence in any regard um so it's just really cute that like the person that he looks up to and just sees kind of as like some you know someone uh, to aspire to be and all that right yeah is his it's older brother his brother <laughs> yeah that's I, that, really I just nice. thought it was really adorable <laughs> that's so wholesome you know like for a guy I who's like it. ooh, designer things and like my hair looks great let me get a nice suit it's like also i call my brother every day and we're just very <laughs> close and i look up to him and i think he's a wonderful gem of a human being <laughs> right yeah how wonderful i just want to be like my brother um so love that and i'm always i feel like the kings do some of that kind of stuff especially with new guys they'll write pieces like this but um, that kind of thing, I think, becomes kind of more sparing over the years. So <laughs> I savor it when it's like, here is just really adorable, wholesome, heartfelt stuff about these players. I really appreciate it. Aw, see, I love nice things. It's Me it's too. nice to have sweet things like this in our crazy, mixed-up world. Yes, yes. Um, it's a rough time out there for a lot of folks. Um, and so it's just cool to have reminders that people are good to each other and love each other and look up to each other. How great. How simple. <laughs> oh, so nice. So, yeah, that is, I think, the bulk of what I have about the Kings for the past couple of weeks. Is there anything else on your mind? 
Um, regarding the Kings, nah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was excited to see former Kings Ben Scrivens and Lyndon Vay on the Canadian Olympic team. Like, oh, that's, right. That's pretty nice. How wild. <laughs> right? Mostly Just, for, I don't know, I guess for both of them. I was going to say mostly for Lyndon Vay, but uh, Ben I Scrivens I think that's too. fair, though. You know? I mean, like, it's, it's dope for Scrivens, but it is, like, especially wild for Lyndon Vay, who... Kind it's of not- came to the Kings, you know, with not super high expectations, but yeah. alongside to Foley and Tanner Pearson. So they were for a while thought of like a trio of guys to yeah, look they were for definitely to packaged together and yeah. definitely viewed in different directions in terms of <laughs> right. uh, what they're going to provide. Yeah, then he left. He was on the Canucks for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know. He's kind of been all over the place, and now he's an Olympian. <laughs> so who could have predicted this? Not who me. could have known? Not me either. So. <laughs> That's very that's very nice for him. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I think there will continue to be some, even though it's a weird Olympics, it'll be fascinating in some very unexpected ways. Yeah, and like the women's uh, Olympic team for Korea, or it's mm. going to be a one Korea thing? I right? think so. A United female hockey team, that's what it is. Uh, so that'll be a real interesting thing. Exactly. There's so many like little narratives that are kind of surprising, um, which should make for interesting sports when they happen. So I'm looking forward to the Olympics in that way. There's a lot of stuff that I'm just curious about, yeah. even if I don't have a ton of rooting interest. Except, of course, actually for the women's, I do. I very much do. Oh, <laughs> I can't even lie. For USA women's? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling a strong USA chant bubbling for just that. For just <laughs> right, that. exactly. Please. Um, speaking of international tournaments real quick, because the last time we recorded, I did mention where the World Juniors were at the time. They've obviously concluded since then. Um, so just a quick note about King's prospects. They have three prospects that medaled, all of them defensemen, which is kind of interesting for the future. <laughs> um, even though two of them kind of were depth guys, more role players, even though they're pretty good. Uh, Kale Clay is actually highly touted. He had kind of a quiet tournament, but still solid and had a ton of ice time. Obviously, was really relied on by Team Canada. Nice for the Kings pipeline. Um, Kel Clegg won gold with Team Canada. He also won silver last year, so that guy has just got medals on medals now from World Juniors. <laughs> Jacob Moverar, whose name I'm not Moverare. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I probably should have learned that in the two weeks since the last time we were, talked about him, but I didn't. Sorry. Um, he won silver with Sweden. And then Mikey Anderson, Team USA, got bronze. So not bad for Kings players. Nice showing from World Juniors. Stuff to be excited about. Yeah, so that's very cool. Um, meddled, <laughs> meddled people coming in for, uh, for the Kings, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so something super tangential to the Kings. Yeah. Uh, it's about Phil Kessel. <laughs> oh, go for it. So he had this Under Armour like, interview thing. I don't know why. Um, but it was just like one of those, it was just like a a silly little spot or whatever. So here's the tangential relation. It was like, what's something, like, what's a skill that you would steal from Drew Doughty? And he said backwards skating because he says that he sucks at it, which cool, (laughs) lovely. But one of the things is like, what question would you ask to, and it has like a little like spinning, like slot wheel or whatever to see which player would come up. It's Taylor Hall. And he, like, had a pause and kind of, like, very genuinely asked, like, has he ever been to the playoffs? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. It was just so, like, it was, like, kind of, gen- you could kind of see it just, like, running through his head being like, oh, like, what do I know about Taylor Hall? Like, what's, like, some burning question that I have? And <laughs> it's, he, <laughs> and I feel like he kind of, like, oh, like, that might have been bad to like I feel like that might not have been kind. Oh, no. That might have been unkind. He's like, can we just like erase that? Like maybe backtrack on that one a yeah. little bit. He's like, I wasn't trying to chirp him. I just realized I genuinely did not know. Yeah, it was like he's like, no. I'm like, I'm just asking. Like I really, I don't know. I just thought of it. I'm like, oh, but also <laughs> slight shade. But how yeah. cute. Oh, that's rough. Sorry, and then, Taylor. <laughs> and then his last one was uh, what piece of. Um, advice would you give to mitch marner and his was simply like be friends or like be yeah be friends with the toronto media 
and like this little grin, and I'm just like, oh, Phil Kessel, you seems treasure. <laughs> yeah, he seems he like seems he's fun. having a great time uh, yeah. now that he's a penguin. He's so got I've... two Stanley Cups. He has yeah. no complaints about his life at this point. So. Yeah, he's having a good time. And I just wanted to share that little tidbit because I just saw it. I haven't, so uh, coincidentally kind of, but also tangential, I haven't um, paid very much attention to the Penguins this season. So I have watched much less Phil Kessel. But I had this moment the other day where I was looking for like a t-shirt to wear to do something. And I came across this Toronto Maple Leaf shirt that I forgot I owned, (laughs) um, that I bought because I was such a huge Phil Castle fan, particularly on that team. (laughs) And so now it's like just wild for me to be like, I still have those moments where I'm like, just very happy for where he's ended up, but also have that moment where I'm like, wow, remember when I super cared about this particular situation? (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, now I didn't even remember I had an article of clothing to represent that character. I know exactly what shirt you're talking about, because I remember you're like, uh, because, you know, at the beginning of the season, you and I will be like, hey, what do we want to go see? Um, And you're like, I want to see Phil Kessel. And we're like, all right, (laughs) let's do it. We got great seats. We're going to go see Phil Kessel up close and personal. And (laughs) then I think he, um, it was both great and bad because I think he he might have scored in that game. Or he he did something where it was like, oh, yay, but also you're playing the Kings. Yeah, I can't remember if he scored, but I know the Kings lost that game. I did see another time where the Leafs came to LA and they they shut them out. There was like a two nothing win, and I think I saw like went to that game very randomly. But still, yeah, I used to make an effort <laughs> to go see Bill Kessel play. Uh, so I'm glad that he's happy, even though apparently he's now on a team that I just don't care that much to follow anymore. So. <laughs> But um, I hope that both myself and Phil Kessel get to see Taylor Hall play in the playoffs one day. That would be nice for Taylor. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice for Taylor and for us. Oh, poor Taylor Hall. Well, I mean, at least the rate that it's going right now, I think he might, right? I think that... The, the, the Devils are still doing all right? I, I think they're okay. I don't know if they're, like, consistently in a playoff spot or anything like that, but they seem to be winning more games than losing games. <laughs> so, uh, hey. trending in the right direction, I guess? Hey, they're second in the Metro. Oh, great. So, really awesome. <laughs> Keep that up. <laughs> I would I would love for this to be the season that we finally see Taylor Hall in the playoffs. I wanted it so bad when he was in Edmonton, and then we just did not get it. And then, of course, the one time they went to the friggin' playoffs, he was not on the team. So this has to be the year that we see Taylor Hall in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, yeah. Gotta be. I really want to go see him play against the Kings in March because it's St. Patrick's Day, and I think that would be a good time. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. do that. As long as the uh, 101 has opened up by then. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, I'm sure it has. Yeah. But as I am currently stuck in Santa Barbara, um, if I want to go to the, a Kings game, I'm going to have to drive five hours. Uh, oh, no. Because I have to go up north a little bit, cut right. inland, and then go down. So um, a little bit more of a slog than usual <laughs> to get to yeah. a Kings game for me. It has been very rough out there lately so yeah couple hopefully everything is looking better in a couple of months for so many people um because it has been kind of scary the last few weeks oh boy uh actually i had a thought earlier and we're not really prepared for it but something that i would love to start doing on this podcast when we talk about the nhl is stuff that we want to say no thanks to because I was thinking about it because the NHL, of course, announced that Kid Rock is the headlining performer at the All-Star Game, which is such bullshit. I did not hear that. Oh, no. Why would you do it? Yeah. Headlining performer Kid Rock. And they announced it very casually, like it made any sense at all. After they talked so much about wanting to be an apolitical league and all of this other crap that doesn't actually make any sense and they just didn't want to have to take a stance on anything that mattered. And then they are like, yeah, let's have this extremely divisive figure right now headline our fun, family-friendly event. Okay, that makes sense. Whatever. No thanks. I don't (laughs) want it. Keep it. I don't need it. Oh, man, I wish I had a no thanks, but um, I'll... I'll Double the no thanks. No thanks squared for that one because that really <laughs> yeah. is atrocious in 
a lot of respects, politically and musically. Yeah, and musically. Also, the music is bad. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget that little tidbit. Like, he's not there just to give a speech or something like that. He's, uh, I assume, going to sing and perform in some respect, and that's probably going to be not good. Yeah, like, what year is it? It's not right? 1998. What's going on? Uh, so, yeah, poor decision-making by the NHL there, although it did make me wonder if that part of it, the entertainment, is based more on local connections. Because, like, when it was here in Los Angeles, they suddenly had access to people I didn't even think that they knew. <laughs> um, like, they had, like, Fifth Harmony, Nick Jonas, Snoop Dogg, like, people who are actually <laughs> on the radio now. Yeah. Like, relevant people. I mean, it makes sense because it's L.A., but you're like, ah, I don't know, like, how close everyone is or what. Right. Yeah, I get what you mean there. Whose connections were those? Uh, Yeah, so apparently whoever's connections they were were not helping out this year (laughs) because they got Kid Rock. That's something to not look forward to. Um, He's definitely nobody's cutest friend. We can just hopefully ignore him altogether and uh, have fun doing other things. Uh, All right. Um, I think that's all I have. Uh, We will, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say before we duck out of here? No, I think I'm good. Um, I hope the Kings are better because this was not a great showing. And I don't know if a back-to-back um, is oh the God. best way to um, display that they're good again. Um, that makes me nervous, especially since the second game of the back-to-back is against the Ducks. Right. And do not really need a repeat of what happened. But we'll see. Maybe it's maybe it's redemption. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I really hope so. Yeah, I'm kind of worried about the back-to-back. I don't want them to go for six straight losses. <laughs> so hopefully they pull out at least one win. Would be great to get two, though. Let's, I don't know, yeah. dream big. Especially, like, six straight losses uh, when the Flames and their division have seven straight wins. Ugh, right. T- no thanks to that. How about that? That's <laughs> yeah. my no thanks. No thanks to the Flames. <laughs> no thanks to the winning. Flames in general. <laughs> I love it. Okay, yeah, we should definitely do that more often because I feel like there's always at least one thing where I'm like, why the fuck is this happening? True, Um, true. So yeah, that's something to look forward to from us. We will be back in a week this time since now, I mean, I didn't realize the bye week was coming up when it did, so we were just like, oh, let's ignore our stuff. But yes, we will record again next week. Until then, as always, take care of yourselves, be good to each other, uh, you know where to find us if you need to talk to us, mostly on Twitter. But also email us, chirp at thanksbud, if you must. Um, we love email. Uh, other than that, we'll catch you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>